Hello, Gap Year Universe. I'm Margot Brookfield. And I'm Julia Rogers. Welcome to Gap Year Radio, the show that brings you information and inspiration to plan a life-changing Gap Year adventure. So, Julia, today we are welcoming two guests who we will describe the different types of gap year experiences that you can have in Israel. So I know that you had two really engaging conversations, Julia, and obviously there are so many options and programs in Israel. So who exactly did you speak with? Yeah, I had some really fun conversations. So I spoke with Aidan Novik, who is a Gap Year alum, and he spent his Gap Year with the program Young Judea, which uh, the Gappers spend half their time in Tel Aviv and half their time in Jerusalem over the course of a full year. It's a full year program. Um, And then I also had a chance to speak with a friend of the pod and friend of the Gap Year industry, Phyllis Folb, who is the executive director of the American Israel Gap Year Association. So she literally wrote the book on Gap Years in Israel, and we talk about that book in our interview. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, Phyllis, I've certainly seen at the Gap Fair circuit on the many Zoom calls that we have every week amongst the Gap Year Association members and programs and such. So how awesome that she was able to share her many years of experience with you. Yeah, she really has built her career on understanding the different types of Gap Year experiences you can have in Israel, which are way more variety than even I thought there were. Like, you know, I learned new things through our discussion and through her book as well, which is called Find Your Right Direction. Um, and so it's actually a guide to Gap Year programs in Israel. So if anybody wants to understand the breadth of options, you can actually get her book. Amazing. And so, Julia, I know you've mentioned this now, and I am only just coming to recognize how many different program options there are in Israel. So what are just some examples of the different types of program options? I know you'll go into it in more depth, but what are some of these options? Yeah, well, you know, one of the cool things I think about programs in Israel is that they're almost like a microcosm of what we would think of as the greater gap year ecosystem of opportunities. So there are service learning programs, there are faith-based programs, there are secular programs, there are internship programs, there are tech startup programs, there are, you know, farming programs and conservation programs and marine biology programs, like everything that you would think of as like kind of out there in the world for gaffers, it seems like there's a version of that in Israel because it's such a diverse country with like there being like these really large cities and then also these very ancient and holy, you know, religious sites as well as this history of um, of farming and kibbutz living, which has kind of this more, you know, free spirit vibe to it. So it really runs a spectrum. Amazing. Well, certainly a great option in terms of locations for students to look into, but I'm definitely excited to hear more about the many different types of gap experiences that that you're going to discuss and tell us more about. Well, wait no more. Let's get started. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Aiden, thank you so much for being here today, and I can't wait to hear your story. Of course, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Great. So, all right, let's start from the very beginning. Why did you decide to take a gap year? Uh, Well, so I had a pretty standard high school experience. It was not boring, but pretty uneventful. Uh, When I was thinking about the idea of college, I just wasn't exactly ready to do four more years of school. Um, I wasn't exactly sure at that time what I was going to do, but I just knew I didn't, I didn't want to go immediately to college. Um, 
along around my senior year, I think it was my winter winter break of my senior year, a little bit after, I started to think about a gap year in Israel. And then around February of that year, when I was at international convention for BBYO, I talked to the Young Judea year course like booth that they had at the convention and I learned about the program. Cool. And for those who don't know, what is BBYO? Uh, BBYO is a international um, Jewish youth leadership movement. So it's all about uh, like uh, connecting Jewish teens all across the world and learning more about Judaism while um, making new friends. Well, that sounds cool. So that was something you were pretty involved with in high school? Yeah, it was a youth group that I was pretty involved with. And the international convention is essentially like one city is picked and um, hundreds of teens from all over the world, not just America, will come and just kind of learn about Judaism and hang out there. Oh, that sounds like fun. It's um, fun. So it sounds like it was a pretty obvious choice for you to consider like a Jewish focused or Israeli focused gap year experience. Like how how did that how'd you come to that decision? Uh, just definitely growing up very uh, pretty Jewish. That, that, that had a pretty strong influence. It was Israel has always been a pretty big part of my life. I'd been on a few trips beforehand. And had always kind of known I wanted to go back, whether or not it was a trip or living there or a gap year, I had known I wanted to go back. So as I started to kind of consider different possibilities of a gap year, it was a pretty, it was a pretty high choice. Right, right. And so, you know, some students might think like, oh, well, I'm planning to do birthright or I have done birthright. Maybe I've been there, done that with Israel. Like, how would you how would you respond to that with like the amount of time that you were able to spend in Israel as like a kind of comparison? I would say birthright, like birthright is great. Birthright is like a great way to see Israel, especially if it's your first time going, but it gives you a very general overview of Israel. It's, I think you only get to go from like the South to the North. You only get to see a few cities. You get to spend a day or two in each city. And so it's great, but it's only an overview. Spending like the year like I did there, we had all kinds of different trips and tracks that we were able to do that took us all over Israel doing very specific little, almost like niche things that you wouldn't be able to see unless you did, you spent the year there. Like I, there's just nothing I would have, just for, I would say for an example, um, one of my roommates who actually was Israeli took me to a climbing gym when I lived in Tel Aviv. And I would have never f- known about a, this gym or anything like it had I not been living there. Right. Yeah. So like birthright gives you breath, but spending a year in Israel gives you depth. So that's that exactly makes- it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So tell me a little bit and tell the listeners about the Young Judea program. Um, it's it was you know it's a longer program because it was it's both semesters. So it's about is it nine months in total or how long is it and what are the program components? So yeah, it's a total of nine months. So the idea of the program is it's split into two sections, Kedma and Yama. Kedma begins the program like and the, their first semester in Jerusalem. And the, so while they're there, they're taking classes and they're going on like world religion based trips in order to see different 
different special places in Judaism, different special places in Christianity, different special places in Islam. And then, then they switch over to Tel Aviv after winter break. And in Tel Aviv, they're doing a volunteer. So they have the options to volunteer, like doing an internship for a tech company or to do uh, work like work from Magen Davida Dome or to find they have several just there's several different volunteer opportunities and if a student doesn't like any of the opportunities they have they almost they will always curate for that student and help them find a volunteer opportunity they like that's great and so and i know that you volunteered um as an emr and got to you know ride on the ambulances or got to assist with medical uh, you know emergencies like what was that like so that was a lot of fun well uh, fun may not be the right word. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> but it was really, it was very interesting. I got to learn, my Hebrew got a lot better because all of the drivers almost only spoke Hebrew. So if you wanted to like converse with the person you were working with for eight hours, you had to speak in Hebrew with them. Mm. And so one particular story that kind of always stands out when I talk about it is I met an he was probably in his late 80s, early 90s, a Hungarian Holocaust survivor wow. who had come to Israel and immediately upon coming here, joined the army in order to like continue to fight and keep Israel safe. So it was very just inspiring to have come from what he came from and just to immediately go to defending Israel. So you really, working with the Magenda Vita Dome, you really get to meet a lot because you're in these people's houses so you really you get to meet them you get to know what they're like it was a really just interesting experience yeah that's really fascinating um and so you know the the part where the part of the year where you're in jerusalem you're also taking courses so for someone who like wanted to take some time and didn't quite feel like they were ready for school like how did how did that land with you and like how is it seemingly different than like you know going straight to college and having that um you know having the traditional U.S. college experience? I'm happy you asked, actually. That's like, because this was a big part of it for me. The way they advertised it and the way it was, was that although they were classes, I was not in a classroom a lot. Mm. For my world religions class, like I kind of mentioned, we weren't in the classroom, or we would be in the classroom briefly kind of learning about the place we were about to visit, but then we would actually go and visit that place. We visited the spot in the Jordan River where um, Jesus was baptized, or we visited uh, the Bells Yeshiva for when we were learning about different uh, sects of Judaism. So when we were learning about very ultra-Orthodox, we visited the Bells Yeshiva, where they, and they taught us all about just what it's like to be Orthodox and the, the rules they have and the things they do and don't do. And it was, I knew so little about it. So it was really just great to be able to go and visit these places. So it's, it's really interesting to be able to learn about these things, these historical places, but then actually visit them. So instead of it being a kind of a traditional classroom setting, it's a lot more hands-on. It's a lot more, it's a, it's just a lot better. It's a lot it's a lot cooler to be able to actually visit these places. Yeah, it makes it experiential. Uh, I yeah, I took um I took a gap semester before starting at college, and I was in London, and I was also taking classes that didn't feel like 
the traditional classes. Like I took a Shakespeare class where we, you know, would go to the Globe Theater and watch performances. And I took a history class where every week it was a different walking tour in different neighborhoods of the city. So I love learning like that. I think a lot of young people are ready to learn like that. Like they want to stay intellectually engaged, but they just they don't want it to be look like the same as it has in their high school experience. I agree. And I think it really encourages you to want to learn and have this desire to learn about these places because you're actually visiting them for Mm. this religions class they actually took us to the um temple mount one time so which is like a very difficult place to get into as yeah and so that was that was incredible to be able to be up there we obviously weren't able to go into the dome of the rock but just being up there was such an amazing experience and so with being uh, actually being allowed to go up there made me want to learn more about it it made me want to go to the class that morning because i knew i'd be visiting it it really like yeah i I really agree with you i think a lot more people it helps to learn an environment like that because it sticks with you more and it's a just more of an experience yeah what was it like to spend time in a place that is so ancient. Like, I feel like growing up and living in the United States, I mean, there are some very, very old indigenous sites and those kinds of things, but it's a little bit different than living in a place that is more condensed and highly spiritual for three different major world religions. So what is the, how does that feel? Especially the time that you're, when you're spending in Jerusalem, that feels like the the center of it all. Uh, It, that's, it feels really interesting. And so it's really, I'm happy you pointed out like kind of indigenous buildings because it's just, it's so, it feels so different. I'm, I li- live in Colorado and there's a place to visit called Mesa Verde, which is um, a place built by the Pueblo. And it was, it's kind of like these little, not ha- almost houses built into the rock. And so, oh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's just really an interesting kind of comparison between that and Jerusalem being there walking these streets that are made they're made of stone they're made of this ancient stone everything everything in the old city is made out of it and you walk through and it's it's amazing Mm -hmm. and you really i would you really do feel a connection um maybe not even to god it's to i guess whatever you believe in but regardless of whether or not you believe in god you really feel this connection to community and to this, all the people that are living there and all the people who are worshiping. And just, there's such this, this just general feeling of all these people who are so spiritual. And it's just, it's a really, really cool place to live. Yeah, that sounds really neat. Um, what about the social aspect of the program? I know that there, it's like a really, it's known for being, you know, a pl- great place to make friends and make new connections and things like that. What was that like for you? So I was actually really worried when I first went in when, at the be- very beginning of the program because I Young Judea has camps all across the like central and east coast of the United States. So a lot of the people on the program had attended these camps before and knew each other. So I was kind of worried that because of their 
prior knowledge of each other that they would be exclusive and not want to make new friends. And I was completely wrong. <laughs> Although I hadn't met any of them before, they almost immediately accepted me into their groups. And it was after a few months, it was like I had known them almost my whole life. They, Young Judea definitely did a lot to facilitate at the beginning, especially between because the, since there are two groups, they had to help facilitate them because they're living in two separate locations. But um, yeah, I would say socially, it was really incredible. I got to make some friends who I still talk to almost every day. Mm, that's really neat. And you know, you mentioned kind of like the, the facilitation, like how, like how would you characterize like the support or structure on the program? Like how often, like were there workshops or like um, mentors that you were connected with on a daily basis or weekly basis or what does that part look like? Uh, so the, I guess facilitation, what it looked like, it was on both the programs end where they would take us to physical locations. So like on the first, I think weekend, they took us to a kibbutz where we got to meet the other section and it was mm -hmm. a lot of bonding. So. They really, they put a big emphasis on bonding and making friends as early as possible because I think they understand if something like, if they don't do that, then cliques and groups can start to form and they want to shut that down as fast as they can, mm -hmm. which they did, which, yeah, went really well. And then mentor-wise, um, you have, I had two counselors and they were, they were great. They helped me a lot. I was... I was able to come to them with a, like any kind of problem I was having, but the way the counselors worked was that they weren't your parent. Mm. You had to be your own adult, you had to make your own decisions, and you could come to them for advice, but they weren't going to tell you what to do. Because it was, so that was, their young, the year course, excuse me, sorry. Your course has a lot of independence which was a, just a really, really great thing to experience. And so mm -hmm. my counselors really made an emphasis that I was independent, but I could, could come to them, which was a really just great feeling. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what about like the, the spectrum of faith on the program? You know, were there, were there students who kind of just identified as culturally Jewish all the way up to like people who did observe Orthodox tradition or what, what did you observe in your cohort? So yes to all of that. The Young Judea makes a huge emphasis on pluralism. Mm -hmm. And so they want to attract everyone. They want to attract those who are Orthodox. They want to attract those who are Reformed. They want to attract everyone because they, they think there's a lot of benefit from both being in Israel, regardless of how Jewish you are, but also living with Jews who grew up in a different type of Jewish environment. So I, in my personal experience, I lived with people who had grown up Orthodox and I lived with people who had never spoken Hebrew or like been to synagogue in their entire life. So it was really all across the spectrum, but they do a really great job to make sure everyone is comfortable. So those who were Orthodox, made, they made sure would have like a kosher kitchen or access to kosher supplies and made sure their roommates understood like kosher laws. They really, they made an emphasis on just ha making sure everyone is comfortable. Yeah. Um, to kind of like turn the lens on like your kind of internal journey a little bit, 
what do you feel like you learned about your own, you know, personal values and your own, like yourself on, on this period of time on your gap year? I would say the biggest thing that I learned about myself was that it takes, it takes experience for me to learn. Mm -hmm. It was, it really happened with the classes. And then the second semester, I'll, I'll talk about the classes first is that being able to go to these separate lo these new locations and actually visiting separate spots or having different doctors come in for my psychology class for my example it just i learned that the more access i have to professionals to experiences to locations the more interested and the more i'll learn about it so that was then the second semester when i worked from again to vita dome being, going to these people's houses, visiting them, um, taking their blood pressure, taking their heart rate, it made me a lot more interested in the job and it made me a lot more interested just in medicine in general, everything mm -hmm. that we were doing. So that, that was one of the biggest things I learned about myself, just that I need experience. But then, I'm sorry, there are a few, a few things I learned about myself. Yeah, go for it. Uh, the other thing was just, I think, that I'm a lot more interested in Judaism than I initially realized. Mm. I So the program's rabbi is um, a British man named Rabbi Adam. He's one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. He is so kind and just so incredibly smart. He And so I made an effort to meet with him almost every week to go over Tehillim, which are the, mm. the book of Psalms. And so every week we would talk about that. And so the more I met with him and the more I talked with him, the more I kind of realized that what I'd grown up with and how what I'd grown up with and like the full extent of Judaism are very different. And so it was really great for me to be able to meet with him because I realized that I learned that the not all there's not just one kind of Judaism. There's all different types. There's all different things to learn. And so that was, a, I, that was another big thing that I learned about myself, that just that I'm more, I enjoy Judaism and I enjoy learning about Judaism a lot more than I realized. And that I just really loved learning with Rabbi Adam. That was just a great, a great experience also. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. So um, to kind of flip, flip the script a little bit, um, you know, obviously there's, everybody has like ups and downs and like things that kind of go wrong on their gap year or mistakes that kind of turn into learning experiences or whatnot. Like, what would you say, like, how would you characterize like the challenges of your gap year and how you overcame them or, or things that you were able to learn from the mistakes that maybe you made? Um, so the biggest mistake I think, and like the biggest thing that I kind of realized was just that. I, I think just kind of taking advantage of every every opportunity. Mm. Uh, kind of like kind of like I mentioned earlier, your course makes a big, big emphasis on just independence. So that's a both a good and a bad thing. That means that you have a lot of your own choices. You can do a lot of the things that you want, but it also means that you don't necessarily have to go to all the programs that your course is offering, and so. At the beginning, I was a little bit just, this was at first when I was still kind of afraid to try and make friends and just a little nervous. 
I kind of avoided going to activities and avoided going on trips. And so that was definitely just the biggest mistake. As soon as I started going on trips, I started realizing like how amazing some of the trips were and how cool some of the people on, on my gap year were. And so I would say the biggest mistake in learning experience was just to take advantage of every opportunity that the program presented. Because even though I had the option not to, it was just the, it was a better, it was, it was be just better in every way when I took these opportunities. I had a much more fun time and I had a much better experience. Mm, yeah, that's that's a really good point. I bet that you're going to take that forward with you once you're like once college starts to look normal again, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it's definitely already been kind of something that's been affecting my life almost every day. Just hearing getting messages from friends or getting messages from new people, just kind of wanting to meet up or wanting to say hi obviously not right now in these current COVID times but just to being able to meet new people and just taking advantage of every opportunity that you're presented that i'm presented with now is definitely a skill that i learned in israel so yeah yeah oh that's great um so you know one of the things that we like to highlight on the show is, I mean, one of the reasons that these stories are so important is that it really demystifies what it's like to have different types of gap year experiences. So if you were talking to somebody, and I'm guessing you've already probably done this in some form or, one, or another, someone who's considering a gap year and kind of weighing the pros and cons, you know, what do you say to students who are like fellow peers that are considering a gap year? So for those who are considering a gap year, I say, do it. Just absolutely do it, regardless of if you do year course through Young Judea or an, even an Israel gap year, I really recommend just doing a gap year. It mm -hmm. opens your eyes so much to just how people live in a different part of the world. You, you, I think a lot of people who grow up in America don't necessarily realize just how, what it's like to grow up in a different place. Not necessarily that it's better or worse, just how different it is. I through when I did year course, we actually get to live with Israeli scouts. So people who are doing this, who did the scout program in Israel mm -hmm. and are on their gap year before the army, they live with us. And so being living with them and talking with them, you learn about just what it's like to grow up in Israel and what it was like to grow up with sometimes war around you. Mm -hmm. And so I think even like when you were talking about your semester abroad in London, like it must have just opened your eyes so much to what it was like to live in London, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I would say to those considering a gap year, just would absolutely recommend doing it because honestly, it's, it's made me a much better writer just in college because it's made me consider a lot of different viewpoints. And so I think it's just, it's made me a much better writer, which has just been a very interesting thing. That's amazing. Well, Aiden, thank you so much for sharing this, uh, these like words of wisdom on the pod. Um, one of the things I think I've mentioned to you before, our tradition is to sign off in a foreign language. Um, so uh, how would you like to say like, thank you and goodbye or like have a good one or what's your, how, how do you want to take us out? Oh, I, I'm fine with you in Hebrew. I'm ready for it. <laughs> uh, so goodbye in Hebrew is lahitraot. 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 Did I do it? Uh-huh. That's perfect. 
Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really love talking about it. Phyllis, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you today? I am great, and it is my pleasure. Thanks so much. So taking a gap year in Israel is really your area of expertise. So how did you get into this work, and why are you so passionate about uh, giving students the ability to take a gap year to Israel? Well, I got into it. I was a college counselor um, by profession originally, just and um, I personally, my own daughters went to Israel on their gap year, and I noticed such a transformation, like so, like, I would say night and day from a maturity standpoint, ready to roll, going to college. So from a general gap year perspective, but what I also noticed was um, particularly that they had a they had a real sense of self. One of the things that my daughter said um, when she came back from Israel, as a matter of fact, she stayed a, an extra session, and uh, she told me uh, my older daughter that she finally felt comfortable in her own skin. And I thought that that was so dramatic and unbelievable that, you know, like many people are in their 30s and 40s before they feel comfortable in their own skin. And here she was saying after a year that her own self-identity and, uh, you know, was very clear to her now. And then she could kind of go on and embrace it. And in my, in, in our case, um, going to Israel and in our personal case, it was getting in touch with, um, uh, her Jewish identity and her connection to Israel. And, uh, that was very important to us as a family and to her ultimately. And, um, but the important thing that it was her decision. And I think very often, um, you know, teens don't get an opportunity to um, take ownership of anything until a very long time from now. Um, and they're, they're so busy with trying to please parents and peers and teachers and everybody that they don't have a lot of time to come to terms with who am I. And uh, Gap Year in general offers that, but particularly in the community that we were, were functioning in, that was particularly important. And then how it happened um, that I became even more passionate about this, I mean, was as a college counselor, I said, why don't we put on a fair for strictly Israel programs so that kids can get excited about this? This has never been done in our community. And they did it, and it became like kind of a sensation. And um, that little fair became the catalyst of the organization of which I run, which is the American Israel Gap Year Association. And um, that fair became the largest fair on the West, and then ultimately became the only cross-denominational fair uh, in the country in terms of um, exposing students all across the way on all the different programs and all the different perspectives on, on Israel programming. And a lot of times people didn't know how many programs there are available just in Israel alone. And uh, so that's how it all started.
Great. And, you know, that's the perfect segue to talk a little bit about what is available in Israel. I think that, you know, obviously I am, um, you know, I have the uh, burden of knowledge. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit, for those who aren't familiar, what kinds of things you can do in Israel? Because it does offer that urban as well as rural and all sorts of things in between kinds of experiences. I know. And that is really an interesting and an important question because Israel is the, the smallest, largest country you can ever have. (laughs) So by the fact that it's so small but packs a huge wallop because you can have – it's it's this incredibly modern, innovative place with this unbelievable, historical, ancient um, environment. So you can have everything from – archaeology and looking into biblical things to the highest of high tech. I mean, it's one of the largest high, you know, startup countries in the world. Um, It's um, well known for that, for sure. I mean, anything that you're touching, your computer, this microphone, you know, your phone had some, Israel technology had something to do with it. Um, Medicine and rehabilitation and agriculture. um, I don't know if people realize that you know the drop, um, the the drop water irrigation that all farming uses across the world was big, was started in Israel. Um, you know, art. Um, it has more museums uh, than France. <laughs> um, fashion, culinary. I don't know. The Israel is the vegan capital of the world in terms of vegan restaurants. So there's many people that go to learn that in culinary school. So there is just, you know, anything you can dream about, you can do in Israel. And um, from the ancient to the modern. And and it's not, while it is definitely um, what people, you know, always hear about as the Jewish homeland, it is also um, very popular, um, certainly in the Netherlands. It's a, it's a world, it's a world destination. Um, so everybody and everybody can come and feel comfortable. I mean, English is the, the second largest language spoken. So you don't have any problem with finding, you know, your place. So, yeah, that's a great point too. And, you know, what is the range of, of faith-based opportunities? Cause I, I know that it, it runs the gamut from everything that where, you know, faith and finding your spiritual side is a central part of an opportunity all the way up till to secular types of opportunities. So what would you say as far as, you know, that, you know, you, you might want to explore your cultural side and less your spiritual side or vice versa. Uh, is that is all that possible as well? Incredibly, you know, I mean, that's the thing too. I mean, there are, you know, clear um, many opportunities for single gender um, programs that are focused on women's learning and men's learning separately in a in a what we call yeshiva or seminary based programs. But there also is something called the secular yeshiva where it's just learning these ancient texts from an academic point of view. Then, from a purely secular point of view, your whole cultural you know connection uh, to the land and um, and then there's Christian based programs as well um so and you know certainly um the whole um political point of view there's you know all kinds of things that anybody could could find their niche in and there's many 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 opportunities in our in in the book that i wrote i um tried to explore uh i had over 60 programs and we went from 
exactly what I just said. This, you know, all the secular kind of programs that anyone could probably enjoy to the religious kinds of programs that people might want to look at if they were want to, you know, explore that part of themselves. Yeah. So to talk about this book, you wrote a book called Find Your Right Direction. So first of all, congratulations on writing a book. It's a huge, it's a huge feat. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what inspired you to write it and who'd you write it for? So what inspired me? I mean, for, for years I've been, you know, doing this and everybody kept saying to me, Phyllis, you should write a book. You should write a book, you know, and, um, you know, you know how necessity is the mother of invention because I was so mired in, in the everyday and what I was doing and, you know, counseling students and putting on a huge fair, which is, you know, uh, an undertaking, um, you know, I didn't do it. And I have to be candid with you. The, you know, the pandemic gave me the opportunity. It gave you a little to... bit of free time. <laughs> gave me the opportunity to sit down at my desk no joke I literally I said okay this is what I need to do and and I was finding more and more kids needed more and more information and you know the avenues were closing and where am I going to do now and I said shoot I, I I better do this you know and I literally sat down at my desk and for six weeks I did not move and wrote this book in six weeks. I only slept every three days. Wow. And um, and who did I write it for? I wrote it, I, I wrote it for the 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 student and and parent. But it, it's it's written for the kid's point of view. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> to the first part of the book is a narrative about why Israel. You know, many kids have had camping trips or. Uh, school trips or something on it or family trips to Israel and they've heard about it and why should I go been there done that you know or I've heard it's really cool but what's it really about to kind of you know open up the conversation about it to like why should I go there and not some other country you know Mm -hmm. and um, especially if if they had um, kind of connection to Israel on some level and you know maybe I should explore something else and the book is written to answer those questions you know this is history this is this is but it's also innovation it's ancient and modern yes you might have seen it from all those other point of views but you've never had the experience of living there and um, you know and and as those of us in the gap world know that a gap year is not you know a two-week vacation you know it's Mm -hmm. It's not, it does not translate into, well, I went there on my vacation, so I don't really have to go back again. You know, it's, mm. it's getting down deep and exploring that, that environment and really getting to know a place, a culture, and it, it is just radically different than, than any other short-term trip. So that's what the first part of the book is. And the second part of the book was that I felt that we needed um, a resource for these students, almost in the way, you know, the old um, uh, auto club books were, where you had, mm. you know, information about the country and then, or, or the old uh, the travel books, as, as we know, and then, and then all the different things you could do almost at a glance, you know, something quick and easy to, to zero in on something, and then you can go more in depth. And that's what we try to do. And I think there's something 
permanent, a certain gravitas that a book lends itself to, then, I mean, yes, I, I, I'm saying that one will still go to the internet and still go to um, connect to these places in the ways that we've learned how to connect. Um, but a book, um, there's something beautiful being able to touch it. And I mean, you can still do it online as well and use all your, you know, digital equipment to read it, but I think there is something permanent about putting all these things in and talking about it and thinking about it and being able to go back to it and, and you know, answer the questions. There's a lot of interactive in the book as well. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so for students or parents or, you know, educators, I find it's, it's great to have it on the shelf of a school counselor shelf or, a, you know, edu- independent educational consultant shelf as well, because those are the people who often do, you know, go back and quick reference and that kind of stuff as as well. And so you can get it on Amazon in either ebook or physical book form. So go check it out there for anyone out there who wants this resource. And Phyllis, you know, I wanted to wrap it up by asking you, you know, if a student is considering different programs in Israel or even comparing a program in Israel to another gap year program, are there questions that you think are really good to ask, you know, for a student to ask themselves that are specific to, you know, doing a program in Israel or just in general that you think are important for a student to be asking as they compare programs? Well, I would say, um, um, is that you have an opportunity at this point to talk to people and get um, experiences um, from people who have been there before, who understand it, maybe have more information than you do. Is there people on this program, you know, leaders, teachers, that you admire that you can learn from? And then philosophically, you know, does this program match your philosophy or is it a different philosophy that you want to explore? And those are the questions that you should ask yourself. And um, and then one question that is asked in one of our quizzes, and it says, looking back, what do you want to say to your buddies? That mm-hmm. I had this great adventure, that I met great new new people, um, that I have new perspectives um, and achievements. Um, you know, what do you want to, um, to be able to talk about to your, to your peers, um, going for, going forward? Hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's great advice. Thank you, Phyllis. I have, I have a great quote from one of my students that I'd love to share with you if, if you have time. Go for it. This is my favorite, favorite quote and uh, talking about growth and, um, because it's such a fun, it's such a question. What does that mean? And and she actually answered that question. She said, while I, all, I knew I wanted to grow as a person, I didn't completely understand what that meant for me and my life to spend a year doing so. And now I know what that means. It means creating special connections with mentors who can inspire me. It means meeting and learning from people every day with completely different opinions. It means giving it means being given unlimited means and opportunities to do good in the community. I thought that was really an incredible way to describe growth. Yeah, I love that. It's so, you know, it's, it is one of those things where it's, it's very hard, I think, for gap year students to put how they grew on their gap year into words. And so that is a really great articulation of what I think a lot of people experience. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Phyllis. This was wonderful. Now I want to go to Israel as soon as I can. Yes, we um, want you to come. Yay. Yes, it's on my, <laughs> it's on my list. Uh, so 
Uh, thank you. And again, we will list uh, to how to get your book and how to find you on the internet in our show notes. So thanks again for being here. Thank you so much, Julia. All the best. You can find Phyllis and the American Israel Gap Year Association at AIGYA.org and on Instagram at Israel Gap Year. You can find Young Judea online at YoungJudea.org. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gap Year Radio or online at GapYearRadioPodcast.com. You can email us your Gap Year questions or comments at GapYearRadio at gmail.com. And you can download the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you have a moment, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so more people can discover the show. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.